0: guys. Welcome back to Spill Mama, the podcast for all things mama. No matter what stage of motherhood you're in, we are here for you. I'm Taylor. And I'm Carly. So this week we are back with our friend Yay! Amanda, who was on last season, I think, season two. Um, yes. Yes, because you were pregnant. Yes. Um, so Amanda, give us a little intro. Well, welcome back. we're yes, so, excited we're so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank she's, you. She's, in, so our, so she's in my house here. this time. We yes. were in the studio last
1: time.
0: So give us a little, give the listeners a little intro to yourself. We'll link her previous episode but yes. for anyone who's new, just give a little rundown of who you are and what you do. Yes. Okay. So my name's Amanda Banks. I am a
2: counselor at Greenville Counseling Associates mm-hmm. here in town. And I was trying to think about this last night. I think I've been in practice 12 and a half years. Wow. I have to look at LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that will remind <laughs> me of how long yeah. I've been yeah. doing this.
2: I've been counseling longer, but I've been in private practice here for 12 and a half years. So, that's, how long in total so, have you been doing counseling? Oh, goodness. Let's see. I graduated from grad school in 2006. Wow. So, since 2006. Yeah. Wow. Not amazing. very good. Do at the math. math. Yeah. So coming, do up the on, math. coming up <laughs> on 20 years. Yes. Coming that's up on 20 amazing. years. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, and she, in her last episode, she talked about all things postpartum depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. It's an amazing and it episode. Was such an, it was definitely one of the top. Yeah. Like downloaded episodes. Yeah, it was. So. People
0: were asking for it for a very long time, and it's obviously yeah. a huge topic. And we wanted a yes. professional to come on, and Amanda crush it. It's a great, yeah, a great episode. So well, I have a heart for that. So yes. well, it, it definitely came through. Yeah, um, and we wanted her to come back on. She works with teenage girls a lot, and yes. so we wanted to pick her brain on. The scary specimen of a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just talking. Scary and
1: wonderful. Before we started recording, I was like, I mean, now that I have Faye, yeah. I have so many more
0: questions yeah. because
1: I'm terrified. Yeah. Yes. It
0: does. Well, it feels, and it's not like not everybody's experience is scary, obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was a scary teenage girl for sure. My mom would say that, but, <laughs> but it's more of just like this, like, I feel like everybody just hypes it up and it's this big thing that you like mm-hmm. walk into right. and obviously like we want as many resources as we can, but you know, some some of it is you can only just handle what comes your way. <laughs> that is so true.
2: And and just so that y'all know, I'm not an expert on this. Yes. <laughs> I have three boys. She has three so. boys, yeah. <laughs> um, but it is something I've always had a heart for. Mm-hmm. Um when I was a youth leader and then counseling and there's just It is. It's scary, but once you get to know the girls and their hearts, it's so
1: sweet. Mm So beautiful. It really is beautiful. But it that can be like little prickly pears. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I feel like just in general, like, knowing, like, what's going on inside a teenager's bodies, like, just Mm -hmm. physically and all the changes are going on, like, Mm -hmm. there's just so much, not to mention all the social pressures. I mean, we'll go into all of that. But it's just such a huge time for change, Physically, emotionally, mentally, all of the things. And I think that's why it's, like, a little bit frightening.
0: Well, and it's just, it gets harder and harder to be a teenage girl. Like, the way the world's changing, like, you couldn't pay me to do it right now. Yeah.
2: And that is so true. I mean, from the time in preparing for this podcast, it made me think about when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, no cell phones. Yeah. We had like a regular phone, yeah. yeah. And my boys today were like, "Mom, you text too much." And I was like, "You're <laughs> right. I do text. Like, yeah. can you text one time a day?"
1: Yeah. And I was that's like, so "Well, funny. that's kind of hard." But I never texted. I mean, right. of course, you didn't have that it. That was, was you had to
0: call and talk to the person's parent and ask to talk to the friend. And yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yes. I knew all my friends' numbers, like yeah. their yes. home numbers, like all of. So like, when when were you a teenager? What years?
1: Okay, I was a teenager in let's
2: see here, nineteen ninety three is when I turned thirteen. Okay, well, so, so you were aging the glory me. years. Yeah. Oh yeah, from ninety three is when I was thirteen, and then I graduated high school in nineteen
0: ninety nine. Wow, so, so you were like grunge era. Oh, oh yeah, love it. I'm Amazing. kind of jealous. I, know. I mean, I was experienced. Teenage- yeah, <laughs> yeah, like truly, yeah, nineties.
2: But I mean, I remember thinking, I'm a family of six. I'd had sixth of a chance of when the phone rang for it to be me. <laughs>
1: and oh, that's that's so amazing. oh yeah and oh, oh, also yeah. now you're probably seeing all these trends that are coming back yes, that yeah. you're like oh, you lived back Birkenstocks, yes, Birkenstocks, yes. yes that's
0: so yes. great all yeah. of it it's so good that's awesome okay so we wanted to talk we want to talk about a couple of different things Yeah, um, and we have some questions from followers mm-hmm. but we wanted to get into starting with like anxiety and worry with teenage girls i i would be interested to to start off, start off that topic, like, yeah. what age do you feel like that starts to kind of surface? Obviously, it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but does there seem to be, like, where it kind of peaks, you know? You
2: know, that's a good question. Honestly, anxiety now is such a different yeah. beast or game, mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, than it was a long time ago. Yeah. And a lot, obviously, culture, all of that, the pandemic, all of it contributes, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. I mean, they can see it as young as five. Oh my gosh! And it predominantly gets, you know, more and more mm. as they get older. Um, studies have shown that if you do, if kids start to experience anxiety and it's not dealt with or like treated, mm-hmm. um, it can just get worse. Yeah, and gosh. so, by the time they're a teenager, usually, if a teenager comes in with anxiety, they've been ex- experiencing it for about for, two years. Okay, wow. And they have a predisposition to worry and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, they have been struggling with it probably when they were kids. Yeah. So, oh my God. But it showed up in different ways. Sure. Like separation anxiety mm-hmm. or fearful of not going to sleep at night in the dark. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of changes and ebbs and flows. Yeah, mm-hmm. She and said
1: our thing, ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like my catchphrase. <laughs> apparently. She says that all the I time. I love that.
0: <laughs> I feel like everybody must say that except <laughs> for, <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, and then... If you already have a predisposition to it, and then the hormones kick mm-hmm. in, and that just yes. amplifies everything.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it. hormones, um, you know, bodies changing, emotions, uh, feeling emotions they hadn't before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read this book called—it's so good, and I highly recommend it. Her name's Sissy Goff, and she is a counselor in Nashville mm-hmm. at Daystar Counseling Center, and it's called Brave, A Teen Girl's Guide to Beating Worry and Anxiety. And she said that as, if, as parents, if we struggle with anxiety, our child is up to seven times likely to struggle wow. with herself, Whoa. which is crazy. And then she also said most kids go two years before receiving any kind of help, and the longer it goes untreated, the worse it can get.
0: Mm.
2: Um, and that one in five children experience anxiety, and teens are five to eight times more likely to experience anxiety than any other time in history. Wow, just wars, Gosh. depression, all of that. That is crazy. So it just
1: shows yeah. how then, war- like she just said, wars. And yeah, that, I mean that's just wild. Yeah, and I guess they attribute that to like all of the hormonal and body changes too. Or I think that's a. I think that's a part of it. I yeah. think a lot of it is cultural. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of it
2: is as it comes up, we're not really addressing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of pushing it to the side, and then all of a sudden they become a teenager. You add in the hormones, and it just, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of explodes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, and I think there's just so much pressure. Like, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like, when we were teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like, we were going through all this stuff, and we didn't even have Instagram and, like, all of these things to compare ourselves to. and like. I mean, I know everybody talks about that now, like the comparison thing, but like we, we feel that as adults and think oh, yeah. about like when you're a teenager mm-hmm. and you're already so confused and like wanting to, yeah. you know, you're just, you're not really sure what's going on with your body. And I just, it's just wild to me.
0: It's a crazy sadistic.
1: Yeah. And it is the number one thing
2: I, I see in teenage girls mm-hmm. is anxiety. anxiety. And there's a difference between worry and anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Worry is usually starts out with fears, like mm-hmm. fear of a spider, fear okay. of a snake, fear of the dark. And then it turns into worry when it's something that um, you think about it. It's a real and present danger, but it comes and goes. Mm. Okay, And it's usually temporary, and you kind of feel it more in your head. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is something you can feel in your body, mm-hmm. and it's something that does not go. It usually comes, and it's there Stays. to stay. Mm-hmm. And you feel it in your body. It can be a lot of reoccurring thoughts, mm-hmm. persistent thoughts. Um, it can be... In your body, you're feeling your heartbeat, your stomach aches, um, you just have trouble breathing, sleeping, or mm-hmm. some of the symptoms. And it also can be chronic worry about the future, but it sometimes starts out slow and mm-hmm. then just snowballs and just
1: stays. Mm. You kind of feel stuck in it. Yeah. Sure. And I think like when I'm just thinking about times when I've had anxiety, like it's almost this like Horrible cycle of like you know you're having anxiety and then your heart your heart rate increases and yeah. then then you start feeling your heart rate increase and in your breath like and then you mm-hmm. that makes you more anxious yes. because you can feel these things yes and it's like it really is like so like you saying it's a snowball effect like you can yeah. see how it's
0: like all just getting larger and larger absolutely yeah it's yeah. scary so so obviously you're working with girls and like so talk about I would love to hear like what that's like for you processing with them and then also like parents who are at home with girls who they're seeing worry, anxiety, yes. like working through conversations with them. And like yeah. like you're saying, like people are going up to two years or more without being yeah. treated. Like at what point does that, you know, do you need to step in and say, "Let's let's go talk to somebody yeah. like that? I know that was like three big questions. Those are, no, <laughs> those are all really good questions.
2: I think the first step is if you as a mom have a predisposition towards mm-hmm. anxiety, it's just to be aware of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something else Sissy said that I thought was so interesting. In younger girls, anxiety can come out in a form of manipulation and anger. Mm. Mm. So it may not necessarily be the like anxious spirit yeah, really. or you notice that they are washing their hands all the time or yeah. asking a million questions about what their day is going to look like. Hmm. It could be anger and manipulation. manipulation is a form of control. Exactly, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And as an older girl, such as teenagers, it can come into... Type A behavior, perfectionism, Mm. and just really wanting control of things. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And so um, I think I myself have struggled with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I think back and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can see as a teenager wanting to do things perfectly, wanting to control things, wanting it to look like a certain way. And when it didn't, I would fall apart more than you
1: normally should
2: yeah. or would.
1: I think that's such so. a hard balance of knowing because, like, sometimes that is just a personality thing, like the type A. Yes. But like what you just said of like when it doesn't when it doesn't look a certain way or doesn't like you can't do something a certain way, then you fall apart. Would yes. you say that's like the differentiating thing between just a type A personality or like someone with anxiety? Yes, when I it would like say your life.
2: Yeah, kind of when it becomes debilitating, when it's something that like your teenage girl isn't, she's talking about it over and over again for Mm -hmm. several days. Um, So to kind of answer your question, when I first start seeing a client and they come in for anxiety, the first, a lot of it, the first thing is they don't know why they're feeling anxious Mm -hmm. and they don't know what's making them feel anxious. So that's a big thing is figuring out how long have they been struggling with this? And it's amazing how some of them will sit on the sofa in my office and be like, I remember when I was five. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I went to the nurse's office every single day for a different ailment. Mm. And it's um, like, and usually the parents don't know that. Yeah. yeah. They were aware of it, but not like, oh, wow, she's really aware that she yeah. felt anxious at this time.
0: Yeah. And, and when, when so, you're five, you you do that. You just accept It's just, you just do it. Like it's just part you of your life. You think it's normal. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, the second thing is they feel alone. Mm -hmm. They feel like they are the only one in the world that's struggling with this. They feel like they don't know anyone else. And so that's the other thing is trying to normalize it for them. It is okay. You feel this way. Mm -hmm. One in five girls feel this way. It is so common. I do think it's more talked about now since the pandemic. Um, like there's so many commercials, you know, for online therapy and all that. But I think, it can become like kind of a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And really what true anxiety is is when it starts to take over your life. Yeah. And it becomes debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice that your daughter is just not the same how she used to be. Yeah. Um, lots of fears. And would you say like, um, sleep is affected? Sleep is an issue. Yeah. Um, eating, their appetite changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if it is anxiety when they're younger if mm-hmm. it's not Treated, it can turn into depression mm-hmm. as they become an adult.
0: Yeah,
2: because um, those go hand in hand. I was about to say, I feel like those do go hand yeah. in hand. Absolutely, is. So and
0: do you see yeah. a lot of um, OCD linked with anxiety too?
2: I do. I don't see as much personally in my office, mm-hmm. but it is for sure linked. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. the OCD is also the behavioral mm-hmm. and the thoughts.
0: Like the thoughts. That's what mine is. Mine. A lot like, of it's and a lot of it's thought, like reoccurring yeah. thoughts, thoughts yeah. that you can't turn off. Yes, because like people it, have it in their head that it's like. Like you said like the washing hands obsessively yeah like checking things which I do that too like I'm a And that's the behavior. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then the, the thoughts. thoughts
0: are I think mine's um, mostly thoughts too. Yes. Like you can't let go of it. And mm.
2: and anxiety shows up in girls and in teenagers they tend to internalize it and blame themselves for mm. it. Where boys tend to blame someone else for it. Interesting. And so that's something like just being aware of like what's their thought process, mm-hmm. and that's a big thing. Is I'm trying to get them to share their thoughts. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? What's the thought? So usually in the first session, I give them a list of emotions, and they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) But then I ask them to journal a couple times a week Mm -hmm. and bring that journal back. I'm not going to read it, but I want them to go through and tell me, do you have reoccurring emotions? Mm -hmm. And then let's combine what are some thoughts that you have with it. So Mm -hmm. it's really just bringing awareness to what are the thoughts in their mind. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so I I do it. (laughs) Yes. I say I do it. I try to do it. Yes. but also, another good thing is it's getting them off their chest mm-hmm. because otherwise, the more they internalize it, it builds up, yeah. kind of like that science grade experiment. Yeah. And then you pour that water into that volcano it explodes, and it explodes. Yeah. And it's usually something small, like a friend hurt their feelings or they stubbed their toe or they got in a fender bender and it can come out mm-hmm. in like
1: anxiety. And then it seems like it's like True, anxiety, not a panic. Yeah. And then it seems like that's not like a rational, like you know. The, if they react that way, you're like, okay, that, like, as a
0: parent, if you yes. just see an explosion like that, you're like, whoa, what is going on? But yeah. you didn't know all the stuff that's going on on exactly. the surface. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you're talking about the internalizing thing, too, because I, I think I have to imagine as parents, if you're seeing this happen, it could also mm-hmm. be easy to blame yourself and think. Cause, but exactly. it's good to hear that, like, biologically it seems like i mean if you're looking yeah. at the difference like biologically that's more natural so even if you have a very safe space yes that it still is going to be common for them to internalize yes. it or self-blame Ex- a lot of shame yeah a lot of shame and that's a
2: lot of what in counseling is just educating them yes. mm-hmm. tell me about like tell me let's uh, let's identify this emotion with this thought And the goal is to figure out, what are triggers? Mm -hmm. Like, we'll go back and be like, okay, that day you said that you felt really anxious when you woke up and you had a really hard day. Yeah, Let's talk about that. And sometimes it's something as small as like— I woke up and I was really late and it just set the rest of the tone. Yeah. Mm. Or they had a huge test or they knew that they were going to be eating lunch with some friends mm. who had been leaving them out. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of just Man. identifying Ugh. that
0: teenagers. So I
2: like that just mean, me just like
1: forget about the kind of stuff that teenagers yeah. deal with, you know? Like it even is, just testing, like t- going oh. to school and being around a bunch of different
0: peers and having tests and yeah. like Gosh, that has, that's just brings up so many. I know. Like, I just instantly went back to, like, the lunchroom, and it's just—it's so hard. It is, it is really hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, Let me ask
1: you this, Amanda. So are most of the teenage girls you see, like, are they—like, beca- they come to you because their parents have, like, wanted, like, set this up for them? Or is it they, like, realize that they're having these feelings and they want to talk to somebody?
2: So when I first started out, I guess 12 and a half years ago— I'd say my first five years, it was mostly the parents. The parents. Mm-hmm. Or a teacher brought okay. it up, or a youth leader. Someone in their life noticed something's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now so, now more, I would say, I'd say 50% of the teenagers really I see are because they come to their parents and say, I think, say, I think something's awesome. going on. I'd like to talk to someone. Yeah. Or they're having constant ongoing conversations with yeah. their parent. The parent planted the seed, and then they're like, yes, I am ready. That's I think great. that's great yes. that yeah. and it
1: shows growth like maybe on a societal like yeah. you know that people are becoming more aware of themselves and their feelings and their emotions yeah. and like the need for therapy. I think that's really really great. I
2: um, yes, I think that's the biggest thing is um is just being okay and being mm-hmm. like it's okay to sit. Yeah. yeah. Some, now some of them are like we talk at lunch about who sees a therapist and I oh. see this person <laughs> I see this person and I'm like oh okay now it's more of very like openly. the thing to do <laughs> and that's is part this of is it. Sad as they are so sometimes they are so open. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's something we talk about is who are safe people to talk yeah. to, and who's appropriate to, to, to talk to.
0: Yeah.
2: And also the flip side is. How can we help you find a support team of people that you are can talk to? Is mm-hmm. it your parents? Is it your youth leader? Is it a teacher? Yeah someone in addition to to me as their counselor, mm-hmm. to have people that they can go and really share with.
0: Yeah,
1: That's something I hadn't really thought about because I feel like that is like the younger generation now. I mean, they are so up in their feelings and that they probably do just mm-hmm. like it's like the thing to do and they just want to share everything, yeah. which is yeah. great, but then yeah, you, do have you have don't your... want to take advice from everybody. No, right? well, and that can get so
2: confusing yeah. Terrible, yeah. and horrible um, and— Yeah, that is. But you asked the question about parents, Mm -hmm. when do parents. I would say, first of all, if they—I think the first thing is, if you start to notice behaviors Mm -hmm. or your daughter's coming to you Mm -hmm. saying, Mom, I'm struggling with this. Mm -hmm. I've realized the night before test, I can't sleep, I'm throwing up, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of signs of that. Um, is just for you to do some research yourself. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend looking into Sissy Goff's books, mm-hmm. and I'll send y'all that yes. information. Did she, that? did she um, also
0: write the Raising Worry-Free Girls? Yeah. Okay.
2: And so I read that, too. Yeah. It's and on, it's it on is, my bookshelf.
0: I need to read it. It is
2: so good. Mm-hmm. That's more I'll of a parent guide. It it's for
0: smaller girls, right? It's,
2: it's smaller girls, but also a lot of it can be applied. And really, it can be applied to—it doesn't have to just be girls. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading it for my boys, yeah. too. Oh, okay. Um and so it, it's just great tools mm-hmm. on how to help your child through anxiety, mm-hmm. that's awesome. um, and walk through it, mm-hmm. and that, and then the teenage guide is more for the teenager to mm-hmm. do herself. Okay. okay, but the parent could do it with them. Yeah,
0: that's and so they're cool. both
2: really, really good. So yeah. I would say, if you notice this, start doing some research mm-hmm. on that, and then start trying to apply some of the tools at home. Yeah, talking to them, being empathetic mm-hmm. when they come to you, really just listening. Mm. Um encourage them to journal. Mm-hmm. I think another thing as a parent, when they share with you, to keep it confidential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you may want to share with their dad what's going on in appropriate sure. people, but don't let them hear you talking to your best friend on the phone yeah, and off the gosh. cuff, yeah. you're sharing all this information that she shared with you. Right. That will break that trust. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. And so building that trust with them. Um, yeah. Now, if you've been doing the tools and you just don't feel like you're making headway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they have been struggling with anxiety that you notice for six months or more, or they tell you that they've been struggling for six months or more, that's a good time to call a professional. Okay. okay.
0: So what about – um what if they're not coming to you? What if, like, like for me, when I hit hormonal stage, like, my mom was public enemy number one. Like, I wasn't going to be talking to her.
1: Public enemy number one. I mean, it's
0: true. And she it wasn't anything she was doing. It was just, you know, that relationship can be oh, volatile yeah. sometimes. So let's say Sayla is older. I'm picking up that she's going through some things, but she's, like, shutting down, won't talk to me. What's that line of like showing them you respect them as a person, but also mm-hmm. like pushing and knowing something's wrong? Like what would what advice would you give to a parent who's in that situation? Oh, that's great advice. Um, that's great question. It's a it's a hard situation.
2: Yeah. It's so common. I think the first advice would be see if your spouse could mm-hmm. check in with them. Yeah. And see if they could talk to them and get them to open up, or if there's another adult that you really respect in their life, like mm-hmm. a youth leader mm-hmm. or a teacher
0: yeah. or a
2: pastor see if they'll open up with them. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would be the first thing. Another thing a friend gave me this idea is it's a mother-daughter journal or a mm-hmm. mother-son journal and you write things down and you leave it on their bed and mm-hmm. then let them write things down and cool. then they then, then you can that. read it. Yeah. Therefore it's not the pressure of having to sit and talk. There's something so different about But there's something about it. physically yeah. writing it down. So that's another thing you could that's try really is I writing like back and forth. Yeah. Um and then if you just feel like they're just completely Completely shut down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Talk to them about counseling. Mm-hmm. Say, would you be willing to talk to someone? You don't even have to use the word counseling. It could right. be a coach or yeah. talk to someone that an emotional coach or mm-hmm. someone that yeah. you know understands girls. Yeah, and they want to talk to you.
1: Yeah, that is That's all such really a, good. I mean, I'm even thinking like. Sometimes, even like with my own spouse, like writing things down, like yeah. feelings that you just can't get out, like just writing things down is so, so helpful. Yeah. yeah. I wish I would have used a tool like that
0: when I was, you know, a teenager. Yeah. And, and like I, going through things. Well, I think it's good too, like the just hearing all of that because I I, I imagine as a mom, it would be hard not to take that personally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it's such a normal like roller coaster of that relationship. Like, not everybody is. It is- and if you think—like, I think back to when I was a teenager, and I'm sure we all can.
2: I mean, the number one thing we're thinking about when we're a teenager is ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just—it's very much the world revolves around us, mm-hmm. very selfish. Yeah. And so we're not aware of what we're doing to other people, mm-hmm. to friends, to our family, to parents. And mm-hmm. sometimes as a parent, it is our job to sit down and be like, hey, I just want to bring this to your attention. Yeah. Yeah. This is how it's coming across. Yeah, But at the same time— you may not be the best person at that point, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're not a good parent. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're not a great mom mm-hmm. or she's not going to come to you eventually. It's mm-hmm. just at this season, that may not be. And sometimes that's a very—it can be a very hard thing, but it be a wise thing as a parent yeah. to be like, let's let some other people, adults mm-hmm. in their life, to love on them yeah. and to be there for them and watch them that growth in that yeah. way.
0: Which I think is so good, too, because you don't want to be the only female adult voice in your daughter or son's exactly. life. Like, you want other people who, you, like you said, like, you trust them yeah. that, and they're a safe place, like, for them to be speaking. Because, yeah, I mean, I definitely wouldn't, if, if my mom told me, like, something hurt her feelings, I was like, uh, who gives a rip? Like, yeah. <laughs> but if someone else is talking to me about that and talking through, like, how it makes her feel, and, like, obviously now as an adult, like, I hate that I was so, I was such yeah. a snake to her. but. You know, if someone else is talking through that to me, it's much different than hearing it from my yeah. mom. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point to make, and I think also for me, I'm sitting here like I want other women in, in my daughter's yeah. life because mm-hmm. I don't know all the answers, no. yes. and I'm Sorry. like, that's a little bit like more frightening for me yes. to ha- feel the pressure of me being the only person to have, you know, for her to have. Yeah. So I think that's like that's why it's even like now I'm thinking of like who are the women that are my friends that I want Faye to be around and like surrounding yourselves with like the people that have those traits that you love and that
0: you want your daughter to see in your friends, you know? Well, I remember in fifth grade, um, which I think is such like a pivotal year, like you're about to go into middle school. Absolutely. Gosh. You think, you you know, you're big stuff on campus elementary school and And you're about to be the not to be the small fish. (laughs) But I remember, um, we, my family's super involved in young life and our area director, um, at the time was like she was young, cool and Mm -hmm. she was married, but uh my mom trusted her and she picked me up I think it was like every two weeks or something, we went through this like Bible study, but she'd like pick me up from school and we'd go get ice cream and it felt so cool. Yeah, And she was (laughs) such a safe place for me. Like I would talk about stuff and that, like I still remember that as being one of those things of like that felt cool. And it was like someone older, like wants to sit with me and Mm -hmm. hear what I have to say Mm -hmm. and then making it like special. And it was like, it was just for a short amount of time, but Mm -hmm. it was just like, it still is impactful to me today, which is crazy. But look how wise
2: on your mom's part for her to be like, Okay. Even though I'm hurting that she's not coming to me, right. This is another chance. Yeah. I remember when I was a youth leader in Texas, we um, talked about three on one. Mm-hmm. So three adults in each child's life. Wow. And so I, we. Were, I remember thinking like, okay, the the girls that I spend time with, do they have? Do each of them have three adults in their life? Wow. Whether is it two parents and a youth leader, mm-hmm. is it two parents? And, and a, and a, grandpa, a coach, or, yeah. yeah, or is it one parent and a coach yeah. and a youth leader, or one parent and so forth? Yeah, but I do think there's something so wise in having those, yeah, those, and I think as parents we can start developing those relationships Absolutely. and introducing those
0: people in their lives. Yeah. Um and what a cool way we were just talking about before we started recording about like like people who are like all boy moms and they want girls like. Mm-hmm. What a cool way to have one of your friends who has, like, all the same sex. Like, if one of your friends was, like, if you have capacity, whenever. Like, what would it look like for you to spend time with my daughter Mm -hmm. once a month? You know what I mean? Like, filling that thing of, like, spending time with, like, having this, like, surrogate daughter, I guess. Which I would love to do that. Like, how cool. Yes,
2: and I'd love for— you know, my mom or I mean another mom or another dad to mm-hmm. be doing that with my boys. Yeah. And I remember I heard a podcast a long time ago and it was talking about boys and how I think this is right, their son, um, when he graduated, he had the men that were important into his life, the important in his life mm. over to thank them.
0: Oh
2: Um And they had I think it was like a Event, you know, like here, thank it's you like, for this,, me tear up. That's and so these cool. men were involved in his life, some of them since he was born, wow, some of them from high school, just influential men, Wow, and I think they took a picture and they've had that picture in his college dorm room. How to cool. remember what when something's wrong, kid. you can yeah. go to them. Yeah. And I just
1: think. That's amazing. And I, I also want to reiterate, like, you want to make sure the adults that you're putting in your kid's life are, like, safe people. <laughs> safe. The, the safe people. Because yeah. not everybody is safe. But we do, we go, we say that yeah. without, you know.
0: Well, and it's it's so funny because we, I feel like we talk about how it takes a village all the time. Yes. But I feel like mm-hmm. we talk about more with, like, the little ones when you're in, like, physical survival mode. But it takes a village when you're in emotional survival mode. And, like. It's don't get me wrong. It's hard in the weeds. I mean, we're in the weeds with the little ones, but like mm-hmm. when they're teenagers, that's a whole different kind of hard. Yeah. Yes. And you still need a village, like for yes. you and for your kid. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's so great. good. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to talk about on anxiety and worry with girls? We can <laughs> I go on to the next. It. Okay. I mean, I. I mean, we really could go on yeah, forever. We could go on
0: forever, <laughs> and and I, it will continue to come up. Yeah, I know we've got some questions. Yes, yeah, but okay, navigating friendships, yes. which is like. I'm sure a big one that girls talk about when they come to you. I mean, when I think about high school, that was like the number one. Was other
1: girls? (laughs) I feel like anxiety is usually what brings them into my office. Mm -hmm. Friendships
2: and relationships are Mm -hmm. what Mm. mostly what we talk about. Yeah, Mm. and they're so connected to the anxiety piece. Yeah, I'm sure. And yes, I mean it's such. And to say that middle school and high school girls are the hardest, it is so true. Yeah. (laughs) It is, And like what we talked about before, I think their bodies are changing, emotions are changing. It's when they start to be interested Mm -hmm. in the opposite sex, Mm -hmm. thinking about just relationships, Mm -hmm. their relationship with their parents are changing, their siblings. Mm -hmm. So much change in such a short amount of time. Gosh. And that's really hard. Yeah. And usually those that are like me, who are predisposed to anxiety, change is even harder. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of a... Brewing ground for. And I even think, like,
1: I think for me, like, learning, I remember, like, learning your boundaries with, like, not just your parents, but like boundaries with your friends, yeah. and like yes. navigating that, and like what you can say. Like, I know that sounds like you want to have friends where you can just talk about everything, but you do have to learn how to have relationships and like respect other people. And you're, and like yes. that's a hard lesson learned when yeah. you have a big fallout with a
0: friend, yes. and like, well, and when you walk into this like society hierarchy that you didn't ask for, yes. and all of a sudden it's just like a part of your life, and you have to mm-hmm. navigate it with like. Next to zero social skills. Like, yes. that's so hard. Yeah. It, it, it is hard on so
2: many levels. Yeah. And It makes me think about it. But I would say the biggest thing that I hear when they come into my office, and even just from reading, is the biggest fear these teenage girls have is being alone or feeling rejected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would think that, I think that as humans, we all feel that. Yeah. We're all honest with ourselves. That is our biggest fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want love and acceptance. We want <laughs> love and acceptance mm-hmm. and to be included. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the girls that come in, um, after I get to know them, they share how lonely they feel and how they wish they had a heart friend, mm-hmm. someone they could really connect to, mm-hmm. someone they could do things with, um, or they just want to be a part of a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, I think we just were made, I mean, mm-hmm. God made us to long for relationships. Yeah. And this is a really hard time to navigate it um but going back teenagers were selfish yeah Mm -hmm. and so they're not going to be a lot of times they're not necessarily thinking about oh what i'm saying is hurting this other girl or i didn't include her on my birthday list and we talked about it at lunch and oh i didn't realize how hurtful that was right and so i think a lot of that too as a parent is educating our girls Mm -hmm. like hey they may not yes that was really hurtful what Mm -hmm. they did but Deep down, they're not really thinking about anyone else other than themselves and kind of reminding them that. But when the first thing they come into my office and we start talking about relationships is I have them write something down. I call them Mm -hmm. concentric circles Mm -hmm. or hula hoops, but um, I have them do like a small circle and then a little bit bigger circle on that next, and then Mm -hmm. a bigger circle on the outside. Mm -hmm. And then, then I have them write... A couple names who are in your inner circle, mm-hmm. who are your like heart friends, your inner circle. You friends? can be
1: yourself with like yes. you can be your total yeah. self. Around. Like if
2: you had if you had a really hard conversation at school with a friend, who's that friend you would call to be like, hey, this is what happened to me. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and so I have them do that. Then I have them on the next circle, write Friends, names that they're friends with, but they're not necessarily in the middle mm-hmm. of that in mm-hmm. the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then what we do is we look at them, and I um, have them write down what type of friend do they want? Mm. What are some characteristics that are important to them? Mm. Usually loyalties at the top of the list, same morals mm. is next, um, and then also just like interest, common interest. Mm. Like, do they play sports? Mm-hmm. Are they in the band? Do theater. Would they rather do theater, yeah. arts, yeah. things yeah. like that. And then I ask them, okay, are you that type of friend? Mm. And so a lot of times we are going to attract the people that we want to be friends with yeah. by being that type of person. Yeah. Mm. And so Man, that's a
0: good lesson in general. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. is that like for them when they reflect on, like, am I that kind of friend? Is it is that hard for them to like process and like really get into?
2: It is, it, and really, it, I don't really, I do not do that in the first or second yeah, session. Sure. It's yeah. after getting to know them and developing that relationship. Um, a lot of times they're quiet, is so hard, period. exactly. But especially at that age, a lot of times I give this to them as homework. Huh. Yeah, that's half okay. come back in, and they have done everything. Yeah, they've written everything down. The other half. They come back, and it's better for us to process it in our Mm -hmm, session. mm -hmm. But I usually will leave that with them Mm -hmm. to take home and think about it. Then after that, I have them look at the circle and be like, would you move anyone in or move anyone out? Mm. Because it's always fluid. It's always changing. Friendships are always changing in this season. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a lady named Carrie Kompakis. I think that's how you say her name. But she's written several books on raising teenagers and speaks— around the U.S. about moms and daughters. And she has a great Instagram, and it's one of hers called Female Relationships in Middle School. She calls the inner circle the committed friends who have your back, make up a small amount of your social network, and are loyal. Mm -hmm. She calls the outside circle your casual friendships that come and go in different seasons. There isn't a lot of loyalty, but they make up a bigger social network. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: I think a lot of times as girls we think, oh, my goodness, we see Anne Claire over there, and she's got 10 best friends. Right. Besties. Yeah, But the reality is, it she is doesn't. Not, yes. Yeah, And so yeah. I think as a mom is talking to the girl, mm. to our girls, and mm. saying, you know, it's actually good to have a small group of friends that really know you well yeah. and then to have a bigger group of friends. Mm-hmm. And Man. I think what we have to remember is we— want to have friends, mm-hmm. but we need to be inclusive. Yeah. Just because we have a group of friends doesn't mean we can't invite others to be mm-hmm, a part absolutely. of it. And that's really rooted in kindness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a teenage girl, you just don't see a lot of that. Yeah. And so if you could strive to be kind, I think you're going to attract other girls mm-hmm. that want to be kind too. Yeah.
1: Gosh, um, that's all so, so
0: good. Well, and even like that exercise of thinking about like what do you want in a friend, who are your friends, and, like, moving them around, like, that to me is so good and important because even now as a 31-year-old, mm-hmm. like, I've because so much of your friends when you're growing up is just who's in juxtaposition, who's around you, and, like, the common interest thing. And, exactly. like, sure, if I look back on my friendships, like, yeah, morals, whatever. But if you really sat and thought about it, like, what kind of drama would that have eliminated mm-hmm. – from my life. And, you yeah, know, it's right. still going to happen. It's yeah. it's not avoidable. But, like, even now as an adult, I feel like I'm just now processing, like, who'd what like what's important to me and a friend? Like, yes. what kind of friend am I? Like, yeah. there's no way I thought about that before mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Well, well,
1: I also think that, like, social media, starting back from, mm-hmm. like, MySpace, Facebook, Instagram mm-hmm. now, like, your friends. Like, the term friends is, like, used so loosely. And that sometimes it was, like, More appealing the more friends you had. Yeah. But like, I like, even now, like we said, I'm 30 years old, and I feel like just now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, It's so much more appealing for me to know that I just have a handful of people that I would trust with anything. But like like I wish I would have had these conversations when I was a teenager. Like, like you said, what what drama would I have like? Not putting even so much pressure on certain people. Like I feel like I put so much pressure on all my friends for them to be, you know, those that inner circle, but that's not intent, that's not the way it really should be.
0: And what harm would I have not caused if I had thought about what kind of friend I was? Because as much happened to me, the same I was giving back To other people. You know, like it just was so, because you are, you're so selfish. Like you can't see outside of your little bubble and you think that everything that's happening is happening to To you. you. Absolutely.
2: And I think a lot of it as a parent is just having that communication with Mm. them of, okay, what are you expecting from this friend? Mm. Like, you've seen this pattern that she will invite this person but not invite this person. Yeah. So we, we, we got to look and be like, we can't be too surprised that she's not including you in this. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that's a harsh conversation. Yeah. But just kind of help navigating them mm. through that.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think as parents, we have to be careful to not put our criticism and judgment on our children as yeah. far as their friendships because um, we want them to kind of do the work themselves, but we want to yeah. help guide them.
0: Yeah, and even the conversation, which I feel like I didn't learn until an adult or maybe in college, like, if a friend is willing to talk really poorly negatively about someone else to you, like, mm. the reality is they're Doing able the to do same. the same about you. Exactly. And that is such a hard thing. Like, and that would be such a good way to identify your safe people. Like, how do you yes. people you're around talk about the people who are in the room? Yes. And that's, like, such a hard concept when you're younger. And yes. I think,
2: too, like, relating to them and saying, okay. Mm. Annabelle treated you this way today and she's been your best friend since you were in fifth grade and then you're in eighth grade and she's doing this. I want you to know I still I had Annabelles in my life. Yeah. And they're still Annabelles now in yeah. my forties. Yeah. Like women just there it's a constant kind of fluidity. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I'll hear girls come in and be like, My mom found her best friends in high school. She still keeps mm. up with them twenty years, thirty years later. But the reality is that may not be the same for her. She may not find her close friends until college or after college. That's a good point. And I think just kind of helping
1: them with expectations and helping the parents Mm. understand the expectations— yeah, and, and just kind of taking off that pressure of exactly. like exactly right now is you're you're about to find yeah. the people
0: that you're gonna be friends with for the rest yes. of your life, right? And there's so much value in as a parent, like not oversharing, like knowing the boundary of what your kid can handle and what you should share, but sharing what you're saying, like it just makes it makes your parent more of a human to you versus just like mom. Yes, and yeah, it gives like like moms have advice and life advice to give to their teenage daughters, but like the way. That you communicate is either going to be really off-putting or it's going to be relatable. Yep, uh, that exactly.
2: Like it's that fine line. How yeah. do mm-hmm. you find that? And Carrie Compactus says the biggest friendship killer, which probably not all none of us are surprised about this because it still is true today, mm-hmm. is jealousy, mm-hmm. comparison, insecurity, fear mm-hmm. of rejection, yeah. fear of being left out, and fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, and then a teenager, they experience that. A lot of times it's through social media Mm. that they'll see it or they'll read it and interpret it a certain way. Their emotions start ramping up. All those emotions of feeling left out, hurt, and then Mm. usually turns a lot of times turns into anger. And then they could start acting on these emotions and turn into someone that they're really not. Mm. Yeah. And then do things that you know, are in response that are not the healthiest thing to do.
1: And I feel like with, and correct me if I'm wrong, with teenagers they're probably more likely going to, like, show those emotions fully to the person and, like, lash out and be explosive, whereas I feel like with adults we're just passive-aggressive. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, and that's why everyone thinks, like, teenagers are just, like, so off their rocker, but it's really, like, they're probably having similar feelings, but they they just— don't have the self-control aspect yet. Or the awareness. yeah.
2: Or they're sitting behind a screen and they're uh, thinking yeah. about what they want to say and they're just sitting shooting it off, sending, you know, like yeah. sending yeah. it. This is what I, this is how I feel. This is what's yeah. going on. I can't believe you said that. And then they look back and they're like, "Whoa, keyboard, okay. keyboard
0: bravery is like, yeah a real it's thing. So, yeah, such a thing.
2: Yeah, yep. absolutely. I like that word, keyboard mm-hmm. bravery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. That's really, really, really good. Yeah. I'm I'm like reflecting on just. And like even just thinking about with Faye, okay, this is one thing I was going to ask you because I was thinking about this with Faye. If she, would you recommend like if you have a girl come and she's having all these issues with a friend, do you recommend like them having a conversation like her and her friend together or is there like parental, like do the parents come around? Like I'm just thinking of like if Faye comes to me one day and she's having this really hard issue with a friend, like what would you suggest in that moment? Honestly, it really depends on what's going on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It depends on the friendship. It depends on the parents' involvement mm. with that friend and the other friend's parents. Yeah. Um, it depends on the severity of it, how long it's been going on. Yeah. The times I've seen it done like just where it's been fruitful mm. may not necessarily bring change, but it's just been fruitful and healthy. Mm-hmm. Got it is um, when both the parents like kind of are aware of what's going on. Maybe it's like a long term hurting of each other's feelings, and the parents have addressed it. You know, like, hey, I'm aware of this, mm-hmm. and then they and then that's when I really encourage my client to go and talk to that friend in yeah. a safe place, and um, and when they do it, it's so freeing for that client because it empowers them. I mm-hmm. have a voice and I can share this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not responsible for how the other person reacts, yeah, but that's that's in like if everything worked out, yeah. if it's like an ideal an yeah. ideal yeah. situation, yeah, sometimes they'll have a youth leader join them, yeah, or a parent will join them. Yeah. now, if it's like a safety concern or like yeah. a big issue, then that's where you know you want to get the parents involved. Right. and yeah.
0: well, and that's when it gets tricky, too, because you've got two different parents and you know, who's on the same page who's who's willing to Look at their child and see what part they're playing. Like, that's exactly the first thing I. I do
2: recommend is for them to have an in-person or yeah. on the phone conversation yes. with the person directly and we, see how it goes. He, you
1: can hear tone and yeah. all of yeah. that because that determines a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and talk to the
2: friend first. And then if you need to bring in other people, you yeah. can bring yeah. in other people.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a listener of the podcast, you know that Taylor and I are big supporters of therapy. We both see a therapist and we've talked about online therapy and how it is such an amazing option that is now available. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset.
0: And special offer to Spill Mama listeners: you can get 10 percent off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com/spillmama. That's BetterHelp.com/spillmama. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode
2: what sissy goff says is you need as a parent to let your daughter do her work. Mm. You don't Gosh, need to go good. in and do it with her yeah. or for her. This is part of her growing up. And this is part of Yep. It's it's a growing up yeah. and she and kind let her process way. through it mm-hmm. and and a lot of times like we'll discuss something and then I'll encourage them to share with their parents. And then the next session they'll come in and be like, we sat and talked for two hours and mm-hmm. it went so well. And it's and so it just great. opened that communication up yeah. down the road. It's
1: and, like sometimes
0: you just need someone to give you the little oomph, mm-hmm, yeah. just a little push to well, do it. And this is last, we can move on to the next topic, but to, oh, one more question. So what are your thoughts on, because I know some people who like are in marriage counseling, like they will go because something happened and then they just stay with the, The therapist Mm -hmm. and they may go just once a year is kind of like a tune up, just so they're always there in the relationship stays. Mm -hmm. So let's say my daughters grow up and, like, you know, there's always something happening. Nobody's has like a worry free, care free life, but like, there's nothing like quote unquote major. But what are your thoughts on someone who just goes like quarterly and has someone just to talk to, just as like it's just an extra voice and like maybe it's just a place to maybe it even starts the conversation, then it gets to carry on at home? Yeah. I I have several clients like that. Yeah.
2: And so, yeah, kind of maintenance. Yeah.
1: I think that's really—I mean, that's a—I'm glad you brought that up because, in general, like, as an adult, I feel like it's so easy to go to a therapist when things are—like, you're going through something. Yeah, Yeah. like, something is— like you have an issue or a problem or whatever but yeah. it's it's hard to keep yeah. going and make those appointments when you feel like everything is semi okay yeah. Yeah. but
0: cuz i'm sure there's like there's still something going on yeah. <laughs> but then but then it's like cuz inevitably in um, almost all teenage girls lives, like something major is going to happen whatever it may be in different categories and like how cool would it be to have somebody that's already trusted already knows you and your yeah. life mm-hmm. even if you're only seeing them Two or four times a year. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can just slide right in and be like, I need to come more regularly. This is yeah. happening. Yeah. It
2: right now my schedule is a little different because I'm yeah. I'm just working, I'm working very part time mm-hmm. um just to give me a little bit more time home. But um when I have the availability, I, I will be like, Yes, let's or I'll tell them, let's take a break. You're yeah. doing great. And then call when you feel like you need to come back, yeah. give me a couple yeah. week notice. Come back, I'll get you in on my books. Yeah, yeah. Um, just depending on where my schedule is. Yeah. Um, some of them I just keep um, on maintenance because there's yeah. always something going on. Yeah.
1: Rumblings of something. Man, I hope you're around when our girls I are. because
2: <laughs> we're sending them. To well, it's true.
1: There are a ton of therapists <laughs> out know. there in Greenville, yes.
2: and several much more qualified than I am. But we just love no, so Amanda Stephanie. So I would rather
0: say so come good. to you. She can say whatever she wants about me, and I trust that it's landing in a safe place. <laughs> the other day
1: we were like talking about that. I don't even know if we were talking about this episode, but Taylor and I were just chatting. We were like, I mean, Amanda's the type of person we would trust our child's life with. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> no we don't. Know, we don't know you that well, but we just trust you. So yeah. I can understand yeah, why your sure. clients love you so much. Yeah, it's a safe place to land. It is a safe place.
0: <laughs> okay, so beauty pressure slash peer pressure, which is Woof. Like, <laughs> ugh, such a big... I mean, I have 800,000 thoughts on the beauty pressure and like yeah. all that stuff, which I... I'd be interested to hear from you if you feel like that is improved. Like, it's it's like a weird combo of, like, we grew up, we were 90s babies. Mm -hmm. So we grew up in, like, the major, like, diet culture, Mm -hmm. Atkins, you know, all that stuff. Like, major diet culture era. And now it's not as much of a push of that, but you've got social media now, which Mm -hmm. is pushing all of these, like, idealistic, crazy, unattainable standards. So it's like a, like, in my mind, it's like it should be getting better, but it feels like it's probably worse. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I will say, it is there. Yeah. I mean, that's it's been there forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just think social media and this time it's so much more in our face mm-hmm. than it was when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, and it depends on where you live and where, you know, what you do, but it social. I mean, not social media, peer pressure mm-hmm. and just the beauty pressure is so hard. Yeah. It is so hard to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And I think really it can start young as parents just helping teaching and you know modeling the best that you can for your daughters how to take set boundaries with it mm-hmm. with peer pressure with not with peer pressure but social media mm. with um just the diet culture with body image, all like of that. Like self I feel like. Is a lot of self-talk, yeah. 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 I mean, I think the biggest thing is comparison is the root of all of this. Mm-hmm. And if we are having a hard time to really pull back from what's triggering our comparison, mm-hmm. is that social media, is are we watching just certain TV shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It is so common that I will have a girl come in. It is now with social media— I've now put it in my intake form. Mm,
0: I just added smart. it a
2: couple months ago of what is your use of social media like? Yeah. And now the adolescents aren't necessarily going to answer that. It's more for the women that I see. Yeah. But it is very common that we come in, and so much of our conversations are about social media. Yeah. And we'll talk about the apps that we're on. So mm-hmm. I always have to feel like I need to know <laughs> what's going what on. What apps are on. <laughs> or I'll just look at them and be like, I just don't know what you're talking about. Can yeah, you educate I mean, me? Yeah. And they love it. They're like, I'm telling you something. Taylor educates <laughs> me. This is <educates> so <laughs> great. This is so great. But um, I would say a lot of my clients, we have, what would it be like? We talk about, what would it be like to take a couple-day break? Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's try it during the week. You just take a two- or three-day break from social media. Mm. Get it off your phone. Just don't be tempted. Um, And let's reevaluate and see how you feel afterwards. Now, this is in the midst of when anxiety is high, comparison, a lot of struggles with body image, Mm -hmm. all these things, they can list all of it. And I probably should come up with a checklist. That might be a good idea. Mm, She's thinking. I should. (laughs) And and then at the end, we'll do the checklist again and see Mm -hmm. how they feel. And so much of them feel relief. Wow.
1: I think that's such a great point to make. And we were just talking about this before we even started recording today Mm -hmm. of like, reflecting on like how at that time how social media media is making you feel like when you're on it because we were saying there are certain apps that you get on that are considered social media but they don't have that effect like whether it's TikTok or Pinterest it's just kind of like flippant but there are certain forms of social media that like are more geared towards like comparing yourself to other people's lives Mm -hmm. and I think that's just like such a hard lesson in learning like okay how am I feeling while I'm on this app Mm -hmm. like even as an adult like how Mm -hmm. is this really making me feel and affecting me like as a as a teenager that would be so hard to reflect like you're not really thinking about those types no, of things yeah. yes. and said so that
2: when I remember when you sent that question out about beauty pressure I was like oh, social media yeah. yeah that's what came up for me is yeah. having those conversations mm. and then speaking to myself mm-hmm. like how can I do this at home mm-hmm. how can I model this at home? For my boys, which is so hard. And there's a ton of books out there like Breaking Up with Your iPhone and Tech Wise Family, Mm -hmm. um, which can be really helpful. But I think, too, just teaching them phone etiquette. Mm. You know, um, I think as parents, having guidelines and rules like what time, when do you put your phone down at night, Mm -hmm. when do you get up in the morning, and then also monitoring it. Mm Yeah. I mean, which is so hard in a healthy way, but like, what if your child is posting something on social media and it's linked to like a group out there yes. that's a cult and yeah. they're not even aware of it right. and this cult starts contacting them and you're not aware that they're doing yeah. that I mean yeah. that is like so my it's just fear. kind of monitoring that yeah. but I think the biggest thing is on social media for the girls to know when they see something or hear something or read something that is so that's triggering for them. Mm-hmm. And this is after we've been talking for a while. Is put the phone down for a minute before yeah. they respond. Yeah. Turn it down on its face.
0: Mm.
2: Step away for a moment. Think about what they're feeling, and what that how that made them feel, and then figure out like how do I want to respond? Yeah, um, that's good. Rather than just in the moment yeah. responding. Yeah. Because any of us are going to respond
0: in the moment. Yeah, and, and it's not going to be good. No, no. Um. So what about? So when it, when it comes to, like, monitoring that in a healthy way, which, I mean, gosh, we could probably do a whole episode on, honestly, I would love for you to come back on and talk about boundaries and, <laughs> yeah. like, all that. Like, there's just I love so, that. Many, there's boundaries so many things. Is, yeah, That's
2: the number one thing I talk about with every single one of my clients.
0: Yeah, because it's, like, putting up, like, respecting them as people, letting them learn to grow, but mm-hmm. also, like, they're still so naive. They don't know mm-hmm. so much. Like, what you're saying, like, the cult thing, like, crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. Like, what... I don't know if you were to give like a quick little blip on like how do you find that balance of like respecting them, but still like taking care of them with social media? Yeah. um, That's hard. I mean, I think I know it's different for everybody, but it's different for everyone.
2: I, it's so we have a lot of friends that are in that phase right now Mm -hmm. like they're driving, figuring out social media or just phones and all that. And someone said this and I thought it was so wise. When you give a you know, you're, when your child starts to drive, mm. which is earlier here than in Texas, they start to drive. So young, you're not just going to say go straight to the highway and right. navigate yeah. the highway. Yeah. Mm. Whereas in Dallas, I couldn't drive on the highway the whole first year because that's how. It, I mean, it's like spaghetti noodles right everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's with that with the phone, like you're going to start out slow and then mm. start to give them privileges mm-hmm. as they earn them. Mm-hmm. First of all, they, you know, that you can trust them. Mm. But secondly, that you're not just letting them drink from a fire hydrant and yeah. do whatever right. they want. Yes. You just start small. So like with driving, they go and take driver's ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they start driving the back roads with you. Mm-hmm. Then they start you know, navigating what's it like to drive by themselves during the day, mm-hmm. and then they can do it at night yeah. Yeah. and then drive friends and yes. so on. So I think it's like that with the phone yeah. is start just having constant conversations about it. Mm-hmm. But also as a parent— they're still living underneath your roof, mm-hmm. and you it's a privilege. Yeah. That phone
1: is a privilege, Amen. and you can take that away. Yep. Yeah.
2: So you can use that as a consequence. Mm-hmm.
1: Man, that's what makes me so nervous about the phone. But I really like what you said, though, because I i think that as you n- learn and know your child and what maybe they're capable of having on yeah. their phone— like, and I think that can be different for each child that you have if yeah. you have more than one kid— of like, okay, this maybe this kid like can just have phone and texting privileges. Oh, this one can't have texting privileges, especially mm-hmm. while they're driving. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and figuring out like what like I don't know, I think it's just a learning, it's gotta be, right? Like when you're Absolutely. learning your kid and then
0: like, oh, they lose your trust. Oh, well yeah. that's being taken mm-hmm. away. Like yeah, yeah, that's I mean, it was it was taken away from me quite often mm-hmm. and it was a rule of like My mom's not going to be snooping through my phone every night, but it's very much like if she wants to have it and go through it, I hand it over right there, and you you have the freedom to go through it.
2: Now, I'm also saying this. I don't have teenagers, so I'm not living in it where I know friends who are living in it. It's like, oh, my gosh. So scary. Or they'd probably be like, I would do that a little differently. But I think from a therapist, it's where I really want to empower the parents that they still can oversee this and Mm -hmm. also for the child to know, like, this is a huge privilege that you have. Just because people got iPhones when they're in third grade Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you are. And so it's it's, kind of as a family keeping those conversations going. It's not something you hand over and then you don't talk about anymore. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and I think, too, like, it's even with the social media aspect of it, like, seeing your child, like, if you see your daughter is really struggling with anxiety and stress, like, I think that's a huge part of it, of, like, picking up on their cues and, like, what they are capable of accepting, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, I think that's a good lesson in adulthood, like knowing what you're like, what you are capable of handling at this time of yeah, your life. Yeah. You know, like there are just certain seasons of your life where you're higher stress or higher anxiety, mm-hmm. and like it's not a good time for you to be on social media. And share that with your daughter. Yeah, say like, it's not just you that feels this. this way. I feel this way. Yes. and
2: like Christmas time, I'm bombarded with. All these ads on Instagram. Yes. So at Christmas time, I'm going to think get through off. what I want to give yeah. and then get off and yeah. be like, but that's how it is for you, Yeah. you know, maybe around
1: homecoming. Everyone's yes. talking about who's going, what they're going to wear, all that stuff. That's so such a, and just like vocalizing that mm-hmm. so that they know that this is not something they're just struggling with. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That and that this is a lifelong struggle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so good. Mm. Do you have anything else to say about beauty pleasure?
0: No, I mean we really could go for an an entire episode. That I feel like is a whole episode in and of itself because, like, I that is if I when I think ahead to having teenage daughters, and it starts now. Like my daughter's three, and Mm -hmm. she's so observant. My biggest fear is me passing on like body insecurities. All like that is my biggest fear around Mm -hmm. parenting girls. Um, and I feel like that's a whole episode in and of itself yeah. because it's so layered and it's, it's, you think about it in teenage years, but it's starting yeah. now.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Just it's, the self talk because they are here. Yeah. I even like will say something, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. And I'm like, oh my
0: gosh. Like, yeah. I,
1: my daughter's going to hear me yeah. say that yeah. one day and, and be yeah. like, wait, why? why well, can't it's, mommy-
0: it's talk and also it's your body, like how you move your body, how you yeah. adjust. Like, it's so ingrained in how you. How you look at yourself
2: in the mirror yes. and I see that. And there's a really strong relationship between like body image. Issues, disordered eating between a mom and daughter relationship. And that is— And there's a
0: strong connection. Really my biggest fear.
2: and But I think as a mom, you have to give yourself a lot of grace and be like, I'm navigating this myself. I'm navigating having babies, postpartum, you know, bodies, um, menopause, all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's kind of keeping that communication. I think a number one thing that can be helpful is just eating meals together. Mm -hmm. Mom not eating a separate meal than Mm -hmm. everyone else. Yeah. It may look different, mm-hmm. but just keeping that, like, what is a healthy relationship with food look yeah. like? Mm-hmm. Um, what Like, let's go eat a snack. Not forbidding sweets mm-hmm. um, where they can't ever have sweets and they go to a friend's house and just binge on sweets. But, yes. like, every once in a while, let's go get a treat. Let's yeah. go do this. So I think it's kind of just find that
0: moderation. Yeah, that's so Moderation great. is
2: definitely key for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, is there anything else you wanted? I, again, I know we could hit on it for forever. Oh, yeah.
1: I could talk on all these
0: topics. <laughs> I love to talk. Oh, I, yeah, I would talk insane. everyone's ear off.
1: Um, okay, so we had given you a list of questions, but just because we're short on time, we're just mm-hmm. going to get hit a couple of these. Definitely um, do the talk. Yes, yeah, so someone asked advice for the talk, and we're talking about the sex. birds and the bees <laughs> sex. All that. Okay, so give it to it. Like, how? What is your best advice? I mean, that's something I'm also nervous about.
2: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was thinking about this, and it just like kind of came to me. Um, I would say as a parent, first of all, do some research before you have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it off the cuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're driving in the car yeah.
1: and yeah.
0: to soccer practice and yes. you're like,
1: oh, by the way, <laughs> word vomit. <laughs> yeah. Word vomit. Yeah. I'm going to label no, go every see, single
0: anatomy part. Go see um, all your friends and tell them all and then yes. get calls
2: yes. from parents. <laughs> so do your research. Think about what you want to say, yeah. when you want to say it mm-hmm. and how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the, the first, like would be my big recommendation. Um, so there's a curriculum called Birds and Bees. Oh, uh-huh. my
0: gosh. How about that? By yeah. Mary
2: Flo and Megan. Yeah. Um the funny thing is not funny, but Mary Flo was one of my mom, my parents were really good friends. Oh, really? Oh and so I was raised in this like kind of curriculum yeah. unbeknownst wow. to me until I heard her speak. And how you're funny. like, That's and I'm like, what happened oh my gosh, to me. this is how I was educated. Um, <laughs> That's funny. It is highly recommended. So you
1: would you say like how you it was taught yes. to you? You you liked it? I really okay. yes.
2: I feel like it was really it was well done. Yeah. I mean. You know, it's awkward talking to your dad about it, but I think it was it's it was so yes. healthy parents. Both of my parents it? did it okay. with me. Um we were at a family camp. I remember talking about it. Um, and then my mom had a follow-up conversation when I turned a teenager. We took a trip. Okay. And so, oh, so I um, I like that. Yeah. That's how
0: we all so do it. So yeah. it
2: was but the birds and bees, their curriculum has evolved a lot since then. Sure. And I highly recommend it. I'll send you that link. link. Yeah. Um, and she, they just recommend do it sooner than later. Yeah, how so old they're are you doing it with both your parents? I think I was in like upper elementary. Okay, but they're recommending to do it like even at starting at like young age, like before kindergarten oh, or at kindergarten. Wow. But you start at age appropriate. So right, yeah, you yeah. do okay. stages. So you have this do li- You have this conversation about it, and then you then have the next thing one. you build on it. This next conversation, the next, then the next conversation, and so and the reason they do that is because. It is talked about so freely now. I mean, they're and gonna, honestly they're gonna see be so much. It in yeah. kindergarten. Um Gosh. she's like, they say you they would rather you would rather your children hear it from you yeah, and hear the right information yes. than a friend on the playground. Yeah. That's, and so uh, that's kind of where that's kind of that's kind of what I've been talking about and I really think can be such a it can be a great thing. I yeah. think with girls in particular. You don't have the puberty talk at kindergarten, right? But you have that con, you know, you keep that conversation up. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm definitely going to look into that. That's
0: really interesting to hear because literally everybody I know that's done it has done like same sex with the parent, like mom and daughter, son. And obviously, like when you're talking more in depth, like you would do that, you would want to do it with like your mom. But that's really interesting because that to me is cool that it opens up that avenue Mm -hmm. that it's not this like off limits thing because when you get to be a teenager, if you don't want to talk to your mom about it and yeah. you know yeah. that your dad because it's almost like a does dad yeah. know that I know like you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know? So maybe that could yeah.
1: take some and maybe awkward in the moment, but maybe it could take out some awkwardness on, later on yeah. of like and I think it depends
2: on the family and sure. I, and one thing they talk about is coming up with a family motto. Mm-hmm. So like what's your motto that you want to represent to the to the kids. Mm. Um and gosh, so, that's hard to come up with. Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah, would be
0: like an example yeah. of one. Do I'm you trying know? to.
2: She gives a good example. To be honest, we haven't done the motto yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a motto like in relation kind to of just sex. Like it, it, yes, and I think it's more of like our. Well, really, what a big thing for our motto is with boys is, you know, where where are your private parts? What are your private parts? Mm-hmm. And um. Who can touch them? Yes. And so we're constantly touching on that. We like, have started to Who is appropriate? That what is not appropriate? Yeah. If anyone touches you or says anything to you, yes. it's okay. Just come tell us. Yeah. Yes. You're not so in keeping that like yeah. conversation. And and she they are big on calling the anatomy parts the correct name. Yes. Not coming up with nicknames. Yeah. And um, and so like I guess our motto is like, you know, just constantly like, are you safe? Like, do you yeah. feel safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we are just careful on which babysitters end up yeah. bathing them. Yeah. Um, and just we constantly keep that conversation up. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a great book that she recommended called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and it's Ooh. about pornography. Wow. And, like, you know, because they're starting to see it younger of and course. younger. And just, like, what it goes through some, like, techniques of what happens if you do happen to see something inappropriate. Yeah. And so we, I talk a lot about that, like, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate appro- that's age-appropriate for them. yes. I use that word appropriate a lot, right yeah. there. Well,
1: <laughs> but um, it's, it's appropriate, <laughs> yeah.
2: And they just talk about like when you see it, it's okay. Come talk to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let someone know. Turn it off. Yes. And so that has been That's um, so good. Yeah, if you just aren't talking
0: about it. it it's, the shame spiral starts yes. so early, so early, and, and I, the secretive like.
2: And I think as parents, like we just want to be on top of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just. Because it's not a matter of how they're going to see it now. It's almost when right. they're going to see it. Well,
1: and, like, even with my son, he's two, and my daughter's seven months old. And, like, he also, he is already very aware that he has different parts than his sister, yeah. like when we're changing diapers or whatever. And we are already, like, trying to teach him, like, these are your parts. These are hers. Like, we don't touch each other's, you know, like yeah. Mommy and Daddy do when we change diapers. And, like, sometimes it's hard. You know, I'm like, I don't think he's getting this at all. But, like, I think it there it is. You have to start early mm-hmm. because— yeah. It's just the way
0: of well, the world. I mean, the world that we grew up in, I heard my first like dirty joke on the playground in second grade. Yeah. And that was a much more conservative world. Yeah. So yeah. I can yes. even imagine yeah. now Nowadays. when, I mean, yeah, yeah, kindergarten. Gosh. Yeah. Which that is frightening. Seems so
1: close. Yeah.
0: But I think that's, like, I really never would have thought to have those. Yeah, like, I feel like when they're really little and they – because they naturally ask questions, you kind of avoid it, skirt around it, but instead, like, leaning into it. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of it.
2: I mean, I think all of this, like, going to anxiety, friendships, these conversations, leaning into it, Mm -hmm. not being scared, not being afraid of it. Because the more we pull back, the bigger it gets in our mind and the harder it is to do it. Mm -hmm. And So so she just had, like, she has, like, something on, like, like seeds, like, okay, talking about seeds at a young age. So then when you get to that stage to share, yeah. hmm. they already know what a seed is. It's already yeah. planted so, in there, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good. That is really good.
1: yeah This yeah. is all me. Like, I, I want to go talk to David about all this I know. stuff. I mean, this is what happens every time I talk to you, Amanda. I'm like. <laughs> I know.
0: And we always run out of time because we love, that. like, we I love hearing from you. And we well. have so many questions. So, but I would love, like. We would love to have you back on. I would love to be back again. I would love to talk about (laughs) boundaries. Yeah. Because, like, someone asked about boyfriends, but I feel like that would be a whole other conversation like, boundaries with, and even starting young, like, not just teenagers, but you know, you need boundaries with them when they're little too. Mm -hmm. And
1: one of the big questions, and I don't think we have time to hit on this because it would take a long time, but someone said how to emulate confidence and self worth. Mm -hmm. We've kind of already talked about that with diet, culture, and health and just like self talk and everything, but. Like I said, I really think that could be a whole other topic yeah. too yeah. that we do- we
0: dive yeah. into. So I think we just kind of like hang on to that. Yeah, but this was very helpful. Oh I mean, gosh. I'm so far away from having a teenage girl, but it just is shaping – because it does, it trickles down and it starts yeah. so young, and like the the base that you want to set for your family, you start doing now so it's easier and just second nature. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: And they're, they're, it's almost like you have more um, – Con- not control, but like they're more under your wing at a mm-hmm. younger age, yeah. and they want more and more independence. And I've yeah. thought that, like in reading books, thinking about this talk, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm like, there's gonna be a point where they don't want to be around me. Yeah. So Very I need sad. to relish yeah. in yes. this time when they want to play a card game with me, and yeah. they want to pick or your jump brain. on the trampoline. Your opinion? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I think it's kind of staying in perspective, and as parents, giving ourselves a lot of grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of prayer, and Mm -hmm. we're never going to get it right. Mm -hmm. And admit, and that's that. One of your questions I thought was really good is how um, how to remain in control without yelling or getting plain mean or angry. And man, I struggle with that. Mm -hmm. But I think the big thing for me that I've realized and I'm trying to work on is when I do get angry or I yell, Mm -hmm. is going and apologizing to Mm -hmm. them, admitting when I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Saying I am so sorry, will you forgive me? Yeah, and that has been so helpful for me because it softens my heart. Yeah, but also I want them to do that.
1: Yeah, so you're well, you're being the example of how to
2: yes, how to do and that. And, I, and just saying, mommy's not perfect. Yes. I do this wrong, and that's was like so a sorry. like a
1: breath of fresh air. Like it's like a relief knowing like I don't have to be perfect mm-hmm. when I when I show my child that I'm a human too. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. kind of a. Relief for both of you. Yes. Well,
0: and the best relationships, the healthiest relationships are when both people are in a position of humbleness. Exactly. And like, and brokenness. Like, the old, yes. I mean, like when you look at people who are older and you want to sit under them, ask them questions, it's because they have the awareness that like they've made mistakes and they own them mm-hmm. versus when you're so young and you're like, I've got it figured out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 16. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Because you know the most you're ever going to know at age 16, right? You're oh, going to know, you know
1: everything. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yes. Gosh, this was so good. Okay, so we will plan to have Amanda. I mean, I think Amanda's just going to be like, she's just a reoccurring. I would love that. Just every season. I would love that. Every season, just new topic. Just come on, girl. Okay. Um. Did you
2: list anything that you're loving right now? You know I did think about it. Okay. I was like, okay, I want to think, and then I put pressure myself to think of the perfect things to say, and I'm like, okay, I can't do that. Um, okay, so these are just kind of fun things. Yeah. Um, the first one is my boys. I love playing Monopoly deal with my boys. Yeah. She
1: was Taylor was just it's talking the about best game.
0: That, that it's is so like fun. we could
2: sit and play for yes. hours. I've do you y'all get competitive? It? Very. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very. very competitive game. We have to get into arguments. Very, my oldest is so competitive. Yeah. Um, bar three. I've always loved doing oh, bar yeah, three. That. It is. Um, I go to the one on Augusta Road. Oh, so it's like pure like bar. bar. It's yeah. like okay. pure bar. Okay. It is. It is just mentally and I would, I would love my, to it's try It's that. my movement. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one is just anything chocolate. Mm. Oh. You loved. I remember you said that. I in your said life. that last time. No, I mean, love it. and with I can't are you dark
0: or milk chocolate. Oh,
2: I'm milk.
1: You are. I mean, I'll do dark, yeah. but.
0: You Anything don't discriminate.
2: Chocolate. <laughs> White no.
0: chocolate.
1: However, you do need to try. Taylor got me on these. Um, the the oh. Reese's Thins. And they are dark. They are dark. I'm sure they make them in milk, though. Oh, but they're like they little. so Because I love Reese's. It's see, like one of my favorite. I don't favorite. even like
0: Reese's that much. But these are But sometimes phenomenal. it's like too much peanut butter. Yep, but the yeah. Thins, they're really. And they're kind of crunchy. They're stuck mm. in the fridge. We should have brought her some. Yeah. I love that. I, I love Reese's, too. <laughs> yes. I mean, it is. Yeah, yes. As y'all's I Halloween candy gone, or are you still? Oh
2: gosh, no. We have so. One of our friends, he literally just dumped it into the my boys' Shots. bags,
1: the bowl. And you're like, and Thank so we have you. so times much. Three. I'm gonna call the dentist <laughs> times three. Yes, yes. That is amazing. Those are such good things. They are okay. That is our episode. Yes. That was Thank you so much. good. You're we so love so. you, Amanda. You're yes. always welcome on our here. podcast. It was so good. Thank you guys for listening and getting messy with us. See, See you next you. week.